Hello, my friends. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. Hello, Anything Goes family. Just wanted to take this moment to remind you that if you like this podcast and you'd like to see it continue to grow and improve, um, I welcome you to become a monthly supporter to the podcast. You can do so at anchor.fm forward slash Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H hyphen or dash Guzman, G-U-Z-M-A-N, and the number three. There on that page, you'll find a button that says support. If you click on that button, you can become a monthly supporter to the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. The choice is up to you. And if you decide that you want to be a supporter larger than that, or you'd like to do a one-time gift, then you can click on that other button that says message, and I can certainly arrange that with you. And as always, my friends, I always love hearing from you, so if you'd like to send me a hello, you can click on that message button and let me know, or if you'd like to be considered for a podcast, or if you have an idea for a podcast, send me a message. I always love hearing from you, my friends. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. Well, friends, I hope that so far your week has been going on well. Uh, I know at the day that I'm recording this, it is the beginning of the week, roughly. It's Tuesday, so it's not exactly the beginning, but close enough. We're not quite midway yet. Uh, At any rate, I hope that you have been continuing to challenge your brain and learning new things and being curious. Uh, I hope that you have been exercising practices of kindness. Uh, It's not always easy, and some days we won't do so well, but we keep at it anyways. Um, And I hope you've been taking care of yourself during this pandemic. Well, I had a few things that were of interest that I wanted to talk about. A couple of the things that I had noticed as I've been reading and looking into some stuff in the world, one thing that caught my attention, uh, and this is here in the U.S., I'm sure for other countries there are things similar to like this that have been going on, Uh, but I saw in an article from Reuters uh, that there is, uh, here in the U.S., some antitrust probes that are going on against uh, Google, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook. Um, And so I thought I'd touch a little bit on that and just kind of talk about, you know, what it's saying and maybe a few thoughts on what I see there. Not that I'm any, you know, super expert, but speak from what I know. We all have the right to our opinion, even if it's not perfect. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is exciting, here in a couple of hours um, on YouTube, you can actually tune in to watch a live broadcast of a near-Earth asteroid that is coming, uh, according to CNET, uh, extremely close, in parentheses, uh, to the Earth. Uh, 
Uh, and in extremely close, what that essentially means is that it comes between the Earth and the Moon. Uh, so it's within, it is uh, smaller than one LD, or one lunar distance, which is currently uh, about 240,000 miles, I believe, or 385,000 kilometers. Uh, that's the that's one lunar distance. So it's it's within that range or smaller, is when you're within the one lunar distance or less. So that was the other thing I wanted to talk about, and just a little bit on some entertainment. Uh, my wife and I have been watching this series. You've probably already seen it, or maybe you haven't. Uh, we've been watching it through Hulu, um, and it is a show called The Strain. And I was interested in it um, because of the people involved, uh, also because of some of the theme within it, given what's gone on politically here in our country lately. Um, another one that I've mentioned before that I've just finished the finale on that one as well is um, Lovecraft Country. And I know I mentioned that one before, but both very good. Um, if you have not seen those and you have the ability to, I would strongly recommend watching Lovecraft Country, which I believe is on HBO, and um, The Strain, which is on Hulu, which I believe The Strain is... Oh, I don't know if it's an original of Hulu or it's a different channel. I'm kind of drawing a blank on that part right now. At any rate, the interesting thing about those is that The Strain is a very interesting approach to uh, the whole, you know, mythology of vampires. Um, I know here we are in October and uh, here in the U.S. and I know other places they tend to do some sort of little Halloween celebration or All Saints Day, which is down in Mexico, uh, remembering those that have passed. Um, and so that is definitely one of those typical Halloween themes is vampires. Uh, and so we, we decided to watch it um, my wife was a little uncertain at first because she doesn't really get into the whole like vampires and all that sort of stuff. I'm fascinated by it, but that's mainly because I've always had an interest in special effects and makeup for film. Um, at one point when I was younger, I wanted to get into that, but I found it uh, quite difficult. There weren't any competition shows or any, there wasn't anything like that when I was uh, younger to get into. Uh, you just kind of had to find a way to get there. Typically, that was, you know, getting your foot in the door if you could, and that was um, no easy venture from my experience. Um, so at any rate, I've always enjoyed the special effects and makeup, um, and that's why I like some of that. Plus, I like some of the different variations people come up with on how to reinvent this very old story. Uh, obviously, the concept of Nosferatu has been around for quite a while. Um, so at any rate, uh, this particular narrative um, takes a, a theme we've heard before, which is uh, the concept of taking Nazis and vilifying them. It's an easy one to do. It, it is a bit of a trope, but it, it's an easy one to do uh, because I think almost in a global sense, I know I can't say entirely, I wish I could, um, but I would say almost in a global sense, um, we get the concept of Nazis and Nazism and what they were doing in particular to a particular people group, the Jewish people. Um, and so in this storyline, I, I won't say a whole lot because I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it, but just to give a little synopsis, the idea is 
uh, vampires end up latching onto uh, Nazis, and then there is this vampiric connection that comes through time with this former uh, SS Nazi officer that is a vampire, um, and a Jewish man who uh, was in one of the um, concentration camps with that officer. And the battle goes between those two uh, because now this Jewish man is hunting him throughout the ages to get rid of this Nazi and vampire for two reasons, obviously. Uh, and so it's a very interesting look at and discussion of racial tension and racism and uh, given the climate that's been here in the U.S., and I'm sure it's been in other places as well, but I, I know most here, uh, we've seen a lot of those tensions with race. And so it's been of interest to me to see these shows that really address some of these racial issues uh, in a very um, creative way. Like, it doesn't take away from what's going on, and it doesn't diminish what's happening in the narrative as far as the racial tension. But the way it's handled, I think, is very well done. Um, and it still gives you that, you know, victory over evil kind of thing. Uh, I won't say a lot on that because I think that's an important part of the story to see. But suffice it to say, that's an interesting storyline is the strain because of how vampirism goes on and the way it's brought through. Also, the fact that it's treated more like a, uh, a parasite thing that happens rather than just, you know, you're bitten and that's it. It gives more understanding as to how that bite could actually cause one to become vampire. Um, the other show that I mentioned was Lovecraft Country. And as I've said before in previous podcasts, uh, this one addresses very much uh, through the timeline of the 1950s kind of Jim Crow law here in the U.S., the segregation that was going on between um, the white community and black community here in the U.S. Um, and this kind of addresses it in a very interesting way. There's time travel and very Lovecraftian, monstrous things. Also kind of the addressing of some of the racial writings of Lovecraft in early on parts of the show. Um, but how it addresses racism there and creates this very interesting uh, monster storyline and magic and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's a very interesting narrative. Again, very engaging, takes you through all kinds of bizarre and curious and interesting stories uh, as they build the main story. Uh, each character has these different little adventures. Um, and so it's been, uh, getting to see both of those has been really interesting given the climate here in the U.S. lately. Um, and also just seeing the way entertainment has been trying to address these in a way that could potentially get people's defenses down and to try and consider the issue uh, before they get defensive about it, uh, which is always great. I, as an artist myself, I understand that. There's still a body of work I'd like to do, uh, but I just don't have the studio space or the money for it. Uh, but there's a series I've wanted to do for a while addressing my experiences growing up with sexual abuse and physical and emotional abuse uh, through a a body of work I've wanted to do. And one of the things I understand, given the psychology of things with humans, is that uh, we don't like to have to deal with difficult things. We would prefer not to, I think, as a general statement. Um, and so when you're addressing something that's difficult and uncomfortable, it is quite common for people to want to put up their defenses um, 
before you even get a chance to address it with them. And so I understand that as an artist, what I have to do is use subtlety. Um, and I think in any creative adventure, uh, venture, I should say, that's the same there. You want to find a way to address it and be impactful, but draw people in and get them engaged in it and their heart understanding it before you really get heavy with it so that there's, they don't feel attacked and they feel capable of, of addressing it without feeling, you know, some sort of, uh, I don't know, defensive mechanism kicking in or anything like that. So all that to say, uh, these particular shows really, I think, do a great job of that and just have a great storyline in general. The acting is good. Um, I will say, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only one for anyone that's seen the strain. I will say there was one character change up between, I think, season one and two. Uh, one of the characters that they changed out and it just did not work well. I felt the actor, while young, really was not good. Um, they needed to be training more as an actor. They just did not illustrate a good character well. Or they were acting out well, but maybe the writing was not so great for that character. Either way, other than that one character, I would say that the acting and storyline for The Strain, and certainly the acting and storyline for uh, Lovecraft Country, was really well done. I mean, it's it's a testament to say that my wife, who doesn't really get into the whole vampire stuff and all that, um, went through four seasons of The Strain, watched the whole thing. Uh, and each season had, I think, roughly like 13 episodes or something like that. So it was a long show. Um, and she stuck with it. And so I think for someone who doesn't tend to prefer those things, to feel that engaged and willing to uh, to watch it, I think says something. It's a testament of the quality of it. Um, and so those were things that I wanted to address because I just, I like talking about all kinds of stuff. That's the point of the show, right? Anything goes. And so I like giving things for us to enjoy as well, entertainment and whatnot, and talking about my experiences with some that I've liked. Um, I've also, as of late, really been uh, vibing on um, on Spotify. On my phone, I have routines set up that uh, go off at certain times of the day. And so in my morning routine, um, I have a uh, playlist that kicks off for me called, uh, what is it? Happy Morning or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember right now. Um, and I've really been enjoying that. Uh, it's it's very upbeat music. A lot of it is very much around Motown and, and that style. Um, and I, I just really enjoy that. And so I've got a friend of mine that she'll be coming on as a guest here soon. Uh, she's actually started doing podcasts, or not podcasts, playlists on Spotify that she shares with her friends on Instagram. Um, and so I just started following her first one that she released this Monday, and it's just really good. It's very positive, very upbeat, very encouraging. Uh, the music, the titles of them, don't give up, things like that. Um, and and it, it really is useful. And I, I think that's one thing we can relate to is while we may not prefer the same genres, we may not like the same genres in film or whatever, what we can agree on, no matter what, is that we do like stuff that inspires us, that stirs the heart, that really motivates us and engages us. 
And I think music is definitely one of the oldest forms of that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a time in recorded history of humanity that we haven't included music of some sort. Uh, even with, uh, I know with Native Americans, um, there was, uh, there was music involved there and chants and things like that for different reasons, uh, maybe for healing or for uh, weather or uh, in motivation for a battle or whatever. Um, and so music is also one of those things that I think we find a lot of interest in. And I've really been enjoying the fact that I get to be able to curate on Spotify my own playlists. And for those of you that have used Spotify, uh, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you have a, a paid account. Um, you really get to create all kinds of playlists and you can theme them however you want. Um, and that actually brings me to a point that I was going to say, and that is um, on Anchor, I have the opportunity to create Spotify limited audience podcasts. And so I'm thinking about doing a few of those. That doesn't mean all of the podcasts will be this way, but I may be doing some specifically for my Spotify audience. And I'm still thinking through how I want to do that. It may end up being that some of those may be um, just a little playlist of music that goes along. I'm not sure. Uh, or it may be playing different kinds of music and talking about um, that music. I'm not sure yet. I'm still very much so early on in formulating how that's going to look. But I may be bringing that into the podcast as well to do, you know, ever so often a Spotify limited audience podcast. Um, since it is a feature I'm able to make use of. Um, so I just wanted to let you know about that. And uh, we will continue back on this conversation going into what I mentioned before about um, the news things that I stated uh, right after this break. And we are back. Well, as I stated right before the break, we're going to be looking at a couple of uh, newsworthy things that I wanted to address with us. Um, one of these being what I had stated before about the probes the U.S. is doing, uh, the antitrust probes they're looking at for some of the tech companies. Um, and this is coming from a Reuters article that uh, was published October 20th, 2020 um, at 8.32 a.m. And so within this, what it's talking about is essentially that the U.S. Justice Department is looking to um, file some lawsuits against, uh, well, not Google in particular, but, or yes, yes, Google in particular, Alphabet Inc.'s uh, company under them, which is Google. Um, and they're also looking at doing the same with Amazon.com and Apple, as well as Facebook. Now, it's no surprise for those that have seen the news that Facebook has already had some issues they've been dealing with for various reasons. But now we're seeing uh, Apple and Amazon and um, Google coming into focus as well. And from what I've seen on it when I was reading through here, essentially what we're looking at is um, Regardless of what party it is, meaning rather Democrat or Republican, both are having issues with it for different reasons. Uh, I know here in the U.S., typically uh, Democratic, the Democratic side tends to be the one that views tougher on antitrust trust regulation. 
Uh, and so they're usually the ones a little heavier about that with companies. Uh, whereas the Republican side typically is not as much, at least not for that reason. They're more, um, in general, big business, if you will. Um, however, some of the issues that have arisen have also been because of the fact that they have been, um, they have appeared to be reaching kind of some issues with political rights, um, as far as like big tech companies that are stifling voices. And in particular for the Republican side, the issue they are having is that they feel like these tech companies are not allowing them to have as much of a voice as the Democratic side. I'm not going to pretend to say that I know which side is true or not on that, that it wouldn't surprise me that there would be some of that that occurs. Uh, my particular view is if you are a uh, independent you know, company, especially if you're not a publicly traded company, if you are a company that is privately owned, uh, within the, the rights of the law, you have the right to run your company as you wish and to have what policies you wish as long as they don't infringe upon you know, laws. Um, and even then, you know, there's still ethics you might want to consider because just something, just because something is legal doesn't mean it's the right thing. I.e., as I mentioned earlier, Jim Crow laws, those were laws. That doesn't mean they were right. <laughs> um, so yeah, ethics and all of that has to be considered. But essentially, we, we see that being the case. And I think the biggest focus for that is really Facebook. Um, we don't really see as much of that issue being arisen with uh, Amazon because of the nature of what Amazon does and I think probably true with Apple to some extent as well but mainly with Facebook and Google there are some things about that with regard to ads and all of that um, but it is interesting to see that this is going on now as far as the other companies meaning like Apple and Amazon I know that they've kind of been having it it was it was bound to occur that there was going to be some antitrust probes uh, because the issue that, that's been going on with Apple and Amazon are really kind of the same idea in general. And that is, uh, these two companies have developed a reputation, and I've heard it from people who have used those platforms for business, whether it's creating apps or um, products that they're trying to sell. The issue arises is that Apple, for example, if you make an app that goes on their store, the complaint that has been raised against them multiple, multiple times is that some individual or some small company may create an app that they put out there to release to make money. And lo and behold, later on, Apple, you know, if it's a trending app, Apple will suddenly have a product very, very similar to it, and they will push these smaller app developers out of the market, and they'll take it over which is very much so monopolization. You're, you're kind of not allowing competition to happen, business to happen. Um, and then the same thing has been the case we've seen uh, with Amazon. Uh, Amazon has had a known history of people going on there and creating a store where they sell products, especially something they've come up with. And... Um, it's been a well-known fact, I've heard people talk about this in my own circles, that they'll make a product, they'll have it out there, um, and if it starts really gaining traction um, and making good money, lo and behold, Amazon will come out with a version of that product 
under their own name um, and then basically push the competitors out of the market. Um, in my opinion, it is a slimy business tactic. Uh, it is definitely lacking ethics, good ethics. Um, while there may be some legal loophole that's permitting them to do so, again, as I stated before, just because something is legal does not make it right. Um, at one point, the practices of Nazi Germany were considered legal, but that did not make them ethically right. Um, and so it's no surprise that these companies are coming under fire for that reason. Um, and the same thing with Google and uh, Facebook. Uh, now, that said, I will say that I, again, I, I feel like it's a, a little bit of a double-edged sword because one part of me is one that has the viewpoint that is that business should be allowed to operate. Markets, free markets should be allowed to be free. That said, I also understand the psychology of humanity enough to know that uh, when someone has power and authority and it is unchecked, uh, while it may not always happen, there is a there is always a possibility that that power can be abused. Uh, what is the uh, saying? Um, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think in the current climate we've seen here in the U.S., that's something that shouldn't be too hard for any of us to recognize. Um, and and it shouldn't be a surprise that any business would do so, or any any organization, because, as I've said in previous podcasts, business is nothing if not a um, conglomeration of humanity. Uh, they're gathered around a particular focus, right? Some product or whatever. And so humanity will always have its tendencies, its vices, its problems, um, but they don't always manifest necessarily. That said, Therein is where I believe there is a need for some overwatch, or, or not overwatch, but um, oversight, uh, regulation of some sort, perhaps, with a very careful, methodical measure. Uh, I think one of the problems I've seen, and having seen this also in the military, uh, is that, our, at least here in the U.S. government, it may be the case in others, I would suspect, so given humanity being what it is and personality uh, and psychology being what it is, that these things are probably rather common. There may be some variances for cultural differences and such. That said, um, I think we, we recognize that there is a balance. Having an umbrella statement, an overarching statement or, or viewpoint, is not always the best approach. In fact, it's probably rarely the best approach. Generalization, as probably any of us know, uh, can get you into troubles. Um, generalizing a people group will probably get you into troubles. Um, generalizing a particular political view might get you into some troubles. Um, not because you're, you're wrong entirely. You could be, but it could be that you're not entirely right and you may be marginalizing or pigeonholing some people who don't exactly fit the mold you're trying to make them fit. Um, and so this is kind of the case here. Uh, I think there is an interesting, and I'll, I'll be following along with these because I'll be interested to see how this turns out. 
because I, I suspect there's going to have to be some balance point between uh, oversight to ensure that companies are not pushing out uh, small business. Uh, as we know here, in, for those here in the U.S., um, uh, middle-income families and small business is really a lot of the backbone to this country. Uh, you do have those big companies, but you don't typically see a lot of good innovation happening quickly and a lot of new products coming out as quick with a company like that. Typically, they're iterations of what's already been made. And I definitely can understand that because if it works and it makes money, why would you stop doing it? Unless, of course, there is an ethical or legal issue you need to address there. But otherwise, if it works and it's making your company money, yeah, you're going to do that. Um, but I think when you see these big companies abusing their power and pushing out small business, um, it's not just that they're doing good business practice for themselves. Uh, one could try to argue that point. However, when you eliminate competition, I will very vehemently say you eliminate uh, innovation and to some extent creativity. Because I will tell you, if I have a room of the ten of ten bright minds, and those ten bright minds are who I use in my company for thirty years, I, I'm not going to doubt that some great things will come out of that. But I would be naive to assume that that same ten group, uh, that group of those ten minds, will always be at the cutting edge, at the cutting edge, and certainly it would be a large stretch to believe they would be at the bleeding edge. Um, and so this is one of the reasons why you need small business. They are able to be more flexible. They're able to take a little more risk uh, without it costing so much sometimes. And sometimes it does, but, you know, that's the nature of entrepreneurship. You're going to have failures. You just, you, you keep going. Um, and so that's one story, right, is here we are with these probes that are occurring uh, getting ready to occur uh, amongst these very large companies. And I think for good reason, it needs to happen. Certainly, uh, a specific one about Google is uh, in the state of Texas. Uh, and apparently, the, what is it, a group of state attorney generals, oh, that's what it is, a group of state attorney generals that's led by Texas, uh, they're expecting to file a lawsuit uh, for digital advertising uh, and may be coming as soon as uh, November. And then there's also the same thing happening in Colorado against Google um, because there's concerns about some of their Android business stuff that they've been doing. Uh, and so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it turns out as people think it will. Uh, I am... I'm not of the mindset that uh, any of these probes will actually ever fully overtake what the business is doing, because at the end of the day, as much as I wish it wasn't the case in some, in some ways, I know that these political uh, leaders, at least here in this country, and maybe in others it's the same, have to consider their constituency and their financial support base. Um, and if it causes them to have too much of an impact on their support base, they're likely to back down on something or not press as hard. And certainly here in the U.S., I know that many, 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 many companies 
will have political action committees and they will highly, heavily fund those in order to get what they want to get done, done. And so, I mean, I, I suspect with all of these probes, um, there may be some change, but I don't expect it to be a wide sweeping uh, change as these probes might want it to be. And certainly each of those have to be addressed. Simply because a politician writes it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's well written and it's thoroughly thought through. Um, again, that same group of 10 minds 30 years down the road may not always be innovating the same way. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's it's something to keep an eye on, I think. And I know that in Europe, I've heard of some of these antitrust things that have come up against uh, at least, I think, Apple and Facebook. It may have been for Google as well, um, and I wouldn't be surprised with Amazon, with any of them, really. Um, when you push people out of the industry before they even get a chance to try because you, you're bigger and you know you can do it, it's a crappy move, in my opinion. Uh, it doesn't show some basic human decency in some ways, uh, and it shows some definite erosion of good ethics. So the other thing uh, we were going to talk about is this uh, near-Earth asteroid that's supposed to be passing by us here very soon. Um, I've had on, uh, on YouTube pulled up this, um, you might hear a little clicking, I'm pulling it back up. Um, I've ha I have the live broadcast set because I'm ready to watch when this happens of the uh, UA... 2020 near-Earth object, as what they're calling it, and it is um, on the uh, YouTube channel of Gian Masi, G-I-A-N, and then the last name M-A-S-I, uh, but if you go on there, you'll be able to find a uh, channel episode that's called Near-Earth Asteroid 2020 UA very close encounter, online observation, 20, 20 of October 2020. It's a very long title. <laughs> um, it's actually about to go live in 92 minutes. Um, and currently, it is 3.22 here uh, in my region of the U.S., uh, 3.22 in the p.m. And so here in 92 minutes, it should be going off. It may be a little different in your time zone. But if you are hearing this, by the time you hear this podcast, it will have already happened. Uh, so you should be able to find it on Gian Masi's page as a no longer live, but a recording of it. But it'll be worth seeing. And if you um, have caught it the day that I'm recording this, um, then enjoy. Uh, and if you want to share your thoughts on it, certainly you can send me a message. Uh, I've mentioned that in plenty of podcasts. You in the family probably know how to do that by now. You just go to my anchor page and click on the message button and you can let me know from there. Those links can be found in the podcast description. Uh, so yeah, near earth asteroid 2020, uh, UA uh, 2020. And so uh, the article I mentioned before was from CNET um, talking about uh, how you can see the asteroid make its as I said before, extreme close pass by Earth. Um, you can go on Gian Masi's channel. There's also um, this organization. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the name for them again. 
the virtual telescope project in Rome. Uh, and Gianluca Massi, which is his full name, is a part of that. He's an astronomer of the virtual telescope project there in Rome. And to those of you in Italy, uh, you probably would be a little more familiar with that since it's local than I am, since I'm uh, a little further away, you could say. Um, nevertheless, uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of things passing by Earth. Um, it's just a matter of how close they get. Um, when we measure the closeness of these things passing by the Earth, we measure them in uh, the measure of LDs, lunar distances. Um, and one lunar distance currently, obviously that can fluctuate a little bit uh, depending on what time of year it is, is approximately 239,000 miles uh, is the distance approximately from Earth to Moon, uh, which is going to be about 385,000 kilometers. Uh, and so typically when they're identified and, uh, and you know, they're cataloged and all of that stuff they do, um, you might have a very short period of time to even give notice of them. Uh, and so we get many that can be around like a 10 LD or 8 LD or 6 LD, which means, you know, 10 or 6 or 8 lunar distances from the Earth. Uh, the ones that become interesting are ones like this one, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, and I could be off on this, uh, I believe is like 0.1. I think it's like 0.1% uh, or 0.1 LD. Uh, let's see here. The uh, asteroid 2020UA is actually supposed to come within 29,000 miles or 46,000 kilometers. Uh, from Earth, uh, in, and that'll be uh, on Tuesday evening or Wednesday if you're in Europe, Africa, Australia, or Asia, um, and that's within a few thousand miles of where many of the large communication satellites are parked in our geosynchronous orbit. So a little scary if you have you know satellites out there because that's that's a little too close for comfort. Uh, but there's not supposed to be any collisions they're expecting. It is really close in astronomical terms, though. Uh, I would say uh, if the distance between the moon and the Earth currently is 239,000 miles or 385,000 kilometers, and this asteroid is scheduled to come in at 29,000 miles or 46,000 kilometers, that's pretty close. Uh, I would say not not exactly skin on the teeth, but yeah, not too far from it either. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, um, it's an exciting thing to see, and I, I always find fascination in seeing this stuff, because really, the heavens are like a clockwork. Everything moves in these, you know, patterns and orbits, and, you know, they all move in different time frames. Um, and so if you get a chance to see this and you want to share your experiences with it, uh, you can certainly message me. I'd love to hear what y'all think about the experience. Uh, and if you happen to be tuned in on Gian Massi's uh, Gianluca, Gianluca, let me see if I get that right. I don't want to get his name wrong here. On um, Gianluca Massi's uh, YouTube channel, uh, then you'll be able to see it there. Currently, I'm looking at it, and in 87 minutes when it goes live, there's currently 44 people waiting to watch it, myself being one of them. Um, 
And so, I don't know, I, I just, I share stuff like this because I think it's just some of the wonder and amazement of this universe we're a part of to just kind of think outside of our own little neighborhood. Now, I know that that can be a luxury when, depending on what's going on in life, you don't even have the time to think about that. You're, you're just trying to deal with what's going on in front of you. And I, I don't, I don't mean, I'm not trying to discount that at all. Um, but if you are able to, I think it's good to be able to think about the fact that there are things going on far bigger than just what's happening in our day. Um, and it's not to say that they're not of importance, those things of our day. It is to say that there's just, there's always something happening in the world and there's always stuff people are exploring and learning about and discovering and, um, in a weird way, I guess you could say there's a bit of excitement in knowing that there's stuff coming by that close to the earth. I think we would prefer if it's going to come by close that it stays away still, uh, that gravity doesn't pull it in. Uh, certainly, that is a, a risk, is when you have things like this coming in that close, if there's any smaller debris being pulled along with it, there is a potential that, that could get pulled into the atmosphere. Uh, but typically, if it's a fairly small asteroid as it is, and the stuff behind it is even smaller, then it should, you know, burn up on the way through the atmosphere anyways. Uh, nevertheless, for those with geosynchronous satellites in communication area, a uh, little nerve-wracking. <laughs> nevertheless, um, I wanted to share that with you because it's it's exciting. It's It's space and it's mystery and it's, you know, stuff that's beyond our control. It's those reminders when we get a little arrogant about how smart we think we are as humans that... Uh, we also are reminded by nature and by space that there's a lot of stuff we really don't have much control over. Um, and I think it should serve as a, a good reminder, not of fear, but a good reminder to be thankful for every day and to recognize that at any point something could come through that ends it all. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that to try and sound all dark and abysmal, but really just to remind us to be uh, more mindful about our days that we have on this earth and that we have with each other. And to, you know, again, as I've said many times, motivate us to try to be better with ourselves and be better with the world around us and with people around us. Uh, and I think there is no more profound way to do that than to be kind to all, and especially those that don't see things the way you do and that you don't agree with. Um, there can be no greater strength that I think a person can show than to uh, have some level of kindness or be respectful and decent with one another, even when you really don't agree. You know, certain things obviously at limitation. If you are an axe murderer, I don't really think that there's much I can show in kindness other than to say, you stay over there and I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> I know those are a bit hyperbolic, right? But that kind of example, but I think you get the point. So exciting space stuff, but also, you know, a good reminder. We don't have any guarantee of our days, and let's let's make the best of them. Um, so I think at that rate, uh, I've gone on long enough on this podcast, so I think I will wrap it up. And as always, thank you to all of you tuning in from all over the world, uh, to my neighbors uh, to the north and to the south of the U.S., uh, thank you for tuning in to all of my uh, friends listening in in Europe and in Asia uh, and down in Australia and certainly also, uh, well, yeah, I've already said that one. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. I don't know how you find me because I don't really promote yet. I've been, I've been purposely waiting for to see kind of a good pattern of my organic growth before I started promoting more. Um, but it just amazes me that I keep seeing new countries coming on board and new people coming on board. And it, it's, it's humbling, as I've said before, and it's amazing. Uh, and I'm just, I'm glad to have all of you and all of the different age ranges from, I think the youngest being 18 all the way up to 60 plus. So thank you for all of you being a part of this. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, those of you that have sent me kind messages. I really appreciate hearing from you. Um, and as I've stated before, if you want to support, uh, you know what to do. You can go to my anchor page and hit that support button, and you can do a monthly support of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Or if you want to do larger, message me and we can get that arranged. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the podcasts. I hope the changes in format haven't been too much for you. Uh, from what I can see with the audience attendance, uh, it doesn't seem like y'all have had a problem. Uh, so I will continue going with this as I try to build out and get better. Uh, hopefully, um, I've got some business ventures that we're trying to get going in my company. And if we can land those, uh, I may be able to do some upgrading of my uh, podcasting studio so that uh, it goes beyond being a box with a heavy fabric to dampen the noise wrapped around my little Amazon microphone and cell phone. <laughs> Nonetheless, you know, small beginnings can still have great impact. Uh, as I've said before, uh, the tiniest of seed can make the greatest of trees. So I start with what I've got and grow from there. And I am so thankful to have y'all on this journey with me. Well, friends, until next time, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to one another. You're going to mess up. You're not always going to say the nicest things. You're not always going to do the nicest things. You're going to have bad days. Get up and dust yourself off and try again. Now, that's all we can do. Just keep going. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your minds. Continue to grow and exercise your body. Continue to exercise your mind for that neuroelasticity to keep yourself sharp and, and growing in this always changing environment we live in. Stay curious, stay creative, uh, practice kindness and doing simple kind things every day. Uh, and if you really want to work on your character, practice doing those to people that really are hard for you to be kind to, um, within safety. If someone's threatening to hurt you, you know, keep your distance, I suppose. But still, maybe the best thing you can do at that point is pray something kind for them. <laughs> uh, at any rate, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part, and thank you for continuing on this journey and for adding to the spirit of anything goes into this world. Um, we will talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye, my friends.